Happy trails to you. It's great to say hello and to share with you the joy I've come to know. We thank you, Lord. We ask, Father, for your anointing. We ask for your presence. We ask for the liberating power of the Holy Spirit to be upon us, Lord. Give us, give us ears to hear and a heart to receive, God. Make, make my tongue, Lord, like a ready writer, Father. We, we magnify you. We praise you. We honor you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everyone that believed it said amen. Have your Bibles, if you will, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You find it, say amen. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 31. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. You find it, please stand to your feet as we reverence the reading of God's holy word here today. Amen. We stand before dignitaries and governors and presidents and judges. If you used to be like me or if you knew anyone like me, many times I had to go to court. It wasn't good. I was one of those guys Gray was talking about earlier today. And I had to stand before that judge. Well, we stand before the King of Kings today. Amen. And I would stand resentfully, but now I stand willingly. Amen? And I know you all do too. Hallelujah. Uh, We're talking about going in 2019 from being a warrior to a winner. Going in 2019 from being a warrior to a winner. And Shelby, I'll get you to start the recording. I don't guess you've started it yet, but after we read it, uh, oh, you have? Okay, that's okay. That's fine. She's loaded. She's ready. Amen. You can't get one on Shelby. I can tell you that. Praise the Lord. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 31. Jesus speaking here, and it's important for us to, to really take heed. Therefore, take no thought, say no thought, Take no thought saying what we eat or what shall we drink or what with all shall we be clothed. For all the things do the Gentiles seek. I think another gospel says it that the pagans run after, the unbelievers run after. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first... The kingdom of God. Say first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things in and of itself. Sufficient unto the day that it, the evil is thereof. And you may be seated as we pray. Father we do thank you Lord that we can take this message down into our hearts. God, that it can transform our minds, our spirits, our souls. Help us, God, to to get out of the natural and to shift gears and to get into your supernatural in 2019. Lord, may we run this race, God. May we run strong and long for you in 2019. And everyone that believed it said amen. 
we look here and we tell this story of a pastor named Pastor Tony Evans, a minister who graduated from Liberty University. He tells the story uh, recently how he had found himself trapped inside an elevator with ten other people. Not a good situation. Amen. And he said that the air began to become thin. The atmosphere began to become uncomfortable. This particular elevator did not have a phone. Neither did anyone in there have a cell phone. They, uh, try as they may, were unable to pry the doors open. It was on a Saturday and there was no one else around. Anyone ever been in a situation like that? They found themselves trapped and they were unable to reach anyone on the outside. Yet there they was, trapped on the inside. Everyone did all that they could to try to remain calm, but it became clear that the longer that it was taking, the more uncomfortable they were becoming. They were even made more aware that they were in a situation that they could not bail themselves out of. They were encased in a scenario that they were incapable of fixing. Have you ever been in a situation like that in life? You find yourself trapped. Maybe it's not an elevator Maybe you're trapped in circumstances or situations. And try as you may, you try to pry those doors open and you want to get out. You want to become free from the circumstances and the ramifications that you're facing. Perhaps it's a financial dilemma. And you find yourself backed up in a corner and these finances are pressing on you and bill collectors are hounding on you and you just can't seem to get out of that straitjacket that you're in. Well, what they need is what possibly you also need. They needed someone on the outside who knew about their situation on the inside. You see, worry begins to come in when the situation on the outside begins to creep in on the inside. Hello? And the circumstances and the situations and the problems that you encounter begin to creep in, begin to crowd in, begin to, to weigh in on your mind and your situation. Oftentimes, this is where people have mental breakdowns, meltdowns. And usually two things happen. Usually there becomes a, a relief, a, a, a pop-off valve to where a person goes into a, a, a fit of rage or anger and they begin to, to, to lash out because they're trying to release all the stress, all the pressure, all the tension that's going on. And oftentimes, if you're close to that individual, if, if you're married to that person or you're in a relationship with them or they're a relative of yours or, or you're closely joined to them, maybe in church or maybe in the workplace, you begin to notice that they begin to act differently 
Anybody with me in here today? And you began to realize that this dear person that I love, my, my husband, my wife, uh, uh, my brother, my sister, my relative, whoever it may be, that they no longer act the same. You see, they're in a pressure situation. We live in a pressurized society. Can somebody say amen? And oftentimes we deal with problems and dilemmas, circumstances that are bigger than we are, but they're not bigger than the God that's inside of us. Can somebody say amen? There's no problem too big for Him. And so Pastor Tony Evans and the ten other people that were with him realized that they were in a dilemma. They needed to reach someone on the outside. They needed to connect to someone beyond their ability. Perhaps that's what you need today. Perhaps in your situation, whatever it may be, maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe it's a financial dilemma. Maybe it's a relational problem that you just can't seem to get the victory over. And you feel like you're in bondage, you're yoked, and you feel like you're in an elevator and you can't get out of it. And Pastor Tony Evans shared testimony of how that they needed to get access to someone who had both knowledge and compassion and power. How many know we have access to someone who has all the knowledge, all the compassion, can I get an amen, and all the power that's available to every human that's ever lived, not just alive today, but to every human that's ever lived on the history of planet earth. You and I have access to that. Can I get an amen? What's his name, by the way? His name is Jesus, amen. Superman's in the building and his name is Jesus Christ, amen. And you and I can reach him. We can cry out to him. We can call out to him. And in Pastor Evan's situation, he said they needed someone that had the ability to open the door to their situation, to their dilemma. Someone who could open the door and access the inside where they were at and help them to be transferred to the outside where they desire to go. Doesn't it sound a lot like life? You desire to go here, but you find yourself trapped here. And it makes it even more comfortable when you're in a group of other individuals and you're in an elevator and the doors won't open, and the air begins to get thin. <laughs> Amen? And they needed someone who had the ability to overcome their inability. That's what you and I need today. You and I are looking for someone, a champion. Again, this is Championship Sunday. I'm not talking about the NFL. I'm talking about the Kingdom of God. Amen? You need a champion to come into your situation. You need someone 
who is above and beyond your ability to take up and make up the difference, the deficiency that you're facing, that you're struggling with, and can come in and apply their ability, their power, their knowledge, their expertise, and set you free. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about worrying. You wouldn't think the Word of God does. But you know, there was a lot of worriers in the Bible. If you find yourself worrying, and this whole message was inspired because I found myself in 2019, I told my wife that I was going to run stronger than I've ever run before, and here I get into 2019. Today is only 20 days, but about 10 days into 2019, I found myself worrying and being overcome with worry. Matter of fact, one whole day at work, my, I, I had almost a total wipeout. I was able to work, but that was all. My body was responding to what my mind was telling me to do. But I can tell you what, I was in the quagmire. I came home that night. I woke up. The problem began to come and go. I would rehearse it over and over and over and over and over in my mind. I said, God, what's going on here? Some of you are here today and you've been wrestling. You've been in a tug of war with worry. Like I said, there was a lot of worriers in the Bible. I can't help but think about Jesus when He went to the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha was there and and Martha had invited Jesus to come and she was working in the kitchen preparing this meal and her sister Mary had came in and, and she was there at the feet of Jesus and I'm sure there was a crowd of people around and Jesus began to tell them things that they'd never heard, show them things they'd never seen, explain to them things that they had never understood. And, and Martha was in the kitchen working, working her fingers to the bone. What do you get? Bony fingers. Right? And she came in and she began to prod Jesus and she said, Lord, Lord, don't you care that I'm here working and trying to prepare this meal and my sister Mary won't even come and help me? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, there's many things you're cumbered. He said you're cumbered by many things. How many's cumbered by many things? You weighed down, and you've been carrying this weight. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm trying to do everything I can. I'm sure that Martha did everything that she could, but she had food boiling over here, and she had stuff getting cold here, and she had ingredients here that she had not put together, and she's thinking, my God, this meal is not going to happen. Any ladies in the house? And Jesus said, but Mary chose the good thing. And he said, it will not be taken from her. What's the good thing? The good thing is for you and I to realize that when we're in a situation, when we're in a dilemma, we need to somehow, some way, get in the presence of Almighty God. Can I get an amen? 
And if you're going to run strong and long in 2019, you're going to have to learn how to do that. And you're going to have to learn how to do that at a notice. Because the enemy will try to pile up on top of you. He'll try to weigh you down and pull you down and drag you down and hold you down. But Jesus will lift you up. Nobody ever loved me like Jesus. Amen? So what is worry and how do we as Christians overcome worry? Well, if you're taking notes, worry is to be made troubled or uneasy, causing anxiety or distress or restlessness about someone or something. To worry means to meditate upon the negative thoughts and images and feelings repeatedly, causing a sense of hopelessness. Proverbs 13, 12 says it like this here. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. I'm going to say that again. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Proverbs 13, 12. But you never hear the, the end of it. What's the second half of that verse? Maybe Betty can get it up. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But then the writer puts a conjunction in there. You see behind sick, there's two dots. That means don't go no further, devil. But, everybody say but. But's a conjunction. It leads you from one state of being to the next state of being. But when the desire cometh, it is what? Say it loud. A tree of life. How many's wanting those desires to come in 2019? Amen? I do. I know you do. You see, when your hope is deferred, when your dreams seem like they're not coming to pass... When you need finances and you can't get them, when the relationship's not working like you had hoped it would work, your heart begins to become sick. And you need to take some action that's going to create some traction and get rid of the distraction so you can get a tree of life. Can somebody say amen? To worry means to be overly concerned or stressed or made fearful, troubled, and uneasy. The fact of the matter is that we all face difficult and hard situations, and we can't say that we don't. We can't downplay it and say, oh, that's not nothing. Oh, you'll be okay, honey. Oh, it's okay. All you did is scuff your knee. No, sometimes we face some hard situations. But you know what? we got a God that is tender and loving. And Jesus said in John 16, 33, In the world you shall have tribulation. But then there's another conjunction. But, look at your neighbor and say but. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen? And you see, when you are born again and Jesus lives in you and you allow Him to live through you, you know what? You can overcome the world. 
But if you're just holding on and you're just following way behind and Jesus is way out there and you're just barely walking along with the caravan, you're just barely walking in covenant with the Lord, you might not be of good cheer. See, you need to get close to God. Amen? In Psalms 34 verse 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, well look at there. We have it again. What does it say? But. I like those kinds of buts. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. That's good news. Amen? That's good news. You know, Jonah was in the belly of the well. One scripture said it was a great fish. Another scripture said it was a well. Three days and three nights. He was in a dilemma. You know, I found myself a few years ago, and I don't know why it was, but a spirit of fear tried to come on me. And actually it did come on me. I was in a dilemma. My wife can tell you. It literally freaked me out. Because I'm not a person that's really controlled by fear. I face stuff head on. Let's just deal with it and let's just move it on. Move on from it. I would go to bed at night and I was afraid to go to sleep. And I would be laying there like this. Never had anything happen like that before. Never had anything happen like that after that. And I overcome that spirit of fear. And there's fear and there's healthy fear. But then there's a spirit of fear. Say spirit of fear. Don't let that spirit of fear come in your life. And I would begin to take God's Word and I began to read it and meditate on it. and I began to look at myself and say, Lord, what did I do to open myself up to this? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And I got to going on YouTube and I happened to see this situation where there was a man over in the Middle East and he'd been on a ship and the ship had sank down. And everyone on the ship had drowned, but they decided to send divers out about three days later to see if they could find out about the wreckage and find out if there was any survivors. And it just so happened that the man was a chef that worked in the bottom of this ship. You can go on YouTube and find it. And the ship had capsized and turned upside down. And the man was the chef that worked in the bottom of the, of the ship. And he was in a large area, a kitchen area in the bottom of the ship. The ship was probably about the size of this church, maybe a little bit longer. And it turned upside down and it had trapped an air pocket in it. And on this YouTube video, it's an actual thing that happened. They show these divers going down, and this man is in this air pocket. He's been in there for three days and three nights in total darkness, and he's alive and he's breathing. And these divers come up out of the water, and they got lights on their head, and that man's standing there, and he's grabbing them just not knowing what in the world is going on. Can you imagine the torment? of being in a ship in the bottom of the ocean, trapped for three days and three nights with no one around, no one to talk to, nothing. And they could not rescue the man. They had to leave. 
And they had to go get oxygen chambers. And they had to put him in a cylinder because of the pressure that's so far down under the ocean that if they brought him up out, he would, it would cause all kinds of medical complications, could even kill him. And that man was rescued and set to safety by the power of someone outside of his situation. Friends, you've got someone outside of your situation today that can help you. Can somebody say amen? And God's aware of where you're at. And God's aware of what you're dealing with. He's aware of this thing that's annoying you. He's aware of these things that's causing you to be angry or to be anxious or to be upset. And he says that he delivers us out of them all. Amen? If you could put a scale up for worry, where would your scale start at and where would your scale finish? Would it start off being careless and fearlessly foolish? And then would it graduate over to being responsibly concerned for your rightful obligation and then would it digress on down to being fearful and into worry hyper vigilant this is what people are when they get into worry and fear they become hyper vigilant I gotta do this I gotta do that I gotta fix this I gotta do that Friends, you're going to be faced with situations you can't fix. You can get in the mess, but then you can't get yourself out of the mess. Sometimes only God can get you out of it. Amen? But I'm here to tell you He's standing and He's waiting and He's willing and He's desiring to help you in your situation. And He got me out of my mess. Number one reason why worry comes. Worry only comes for one reason, if you're taking notes. Worry never, ever comes except but by one reason. It's when someone gets out of the grace of God. I didn't say you get out of the will of God, but you get out of the grace of God. You see, grace is that divine enablement. It's that divine favor. It's that supernatural ability to, to help you to, to get through any situation that you face. We can get over into worry and we can get out of God's grace. We may not be out of His will, but we get out of His grace. By the way, God has four wills, in case you're wondering. God has, number one, a perfect will. Say a perfect will. Perfect will was for Adam and Eve to live forever in a garden called Eden, which was paradise and delight. That was God's original perfect will. But then God has a permissive will. And the permissive will was, Thou shalt not eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day that you eat of it, surely you shall die. And the permissive will was for them not to eat of it. But they had that choice. You have a choice. Not to worry. And what happened? Eve ate of it. And then you've got God's revealed will. 
Say revealed will. You want to know the will of God for your life today, tomorrow? That's the revealed will of God. The will of God is contained in the Word of God. But then, after that revealed will, you got the secret will of God. And this is the one where you and I have to search. Because the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. Can somebody say amen? And he goes on to tell us, but to those who seek them out, those who search for them, it shall be revealed. You see, I can be going to church, I can be doing all the good things, and if I cannot discover the secret, perfect will of God, the specific will of God for my life, I can get out of the grace of God. I can still be in God's will, but I can get out of God's grace. And I can say, well, I'm praying, I'm tithing, I'm coming to church, but what's wrong? I'm not happy. I'm in this situation. I'm dealing with this dilemma. I've got this problem that's hanging over me. And God is saying, come unto me. I'll tell you my specific secret plan for your life. If you cut that TV off, if you push that plate back, And seek me with all your heart. I shall be found of you. You see, it's our duty to discover the secret will for our life. Can I get an amen? So worry comes when we get out of the grace of God. You all know the story of Job. Job had sons and daughters. He'd rise up every early in the morning and he'd offer up burnt offerings according to their number. Job said, It may be that my sons and my children have cursed God in their hearts. So therefore, Job did this continually. Job began to take on the responsibilities of his children who were grown adults. They lived in their own houses. He began to take on something that he was not supposed to take upon. And oftentimes you and I get into worry, we get into to, to being anxious because we take on things that God's not called us to take on. And you know the story. Satan came in, destroyed Job's children, destroyed Job's possessions. And in Job chapter 3 verse 25, it says it like this here. The thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. You see, Job greatly feared. And worry operates in fear. You must conquer fear. I must conquer fear. We must all conquer fear. Can somebody say amen? He said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. You see, that's what worry leads to. It leads to fear. And then fear gives place to the devil, and fear is false evidence that appears real. You can't have faith and you can't have fear. 
Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. But over in chapter 13 of Job, verse 15, Job began to shift gears and he began to realize. He began to realize that the way he was doing business was not working. Anybody ever been there and done that? And this is what Job said. Though he slay me, talking about God the Father, yet will I trust in Him. Let's say say that together. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. And look at there. There's another conjunction. Gosh. But, say but. But I will maintain my own ways before Him. You see, Job got it. He realized he couldn't maintain his children's ways. He realized it wasn't his responsibility to save his whole family. It was just his responsibility to lead his family, to set the example. They had to make their own choices. They had to offer up their own sacrifices of forgiveness. And Job, it dawned on him. He said, I will maintain my own ways before Him. You see, there's people out there that you can't change. Hello? You was one of them. Amen? You might still be. Some ways we all are. He said, I'll maintain my own ways. Point number two. People worry because of fear. We talked about that. Worry is mental quicksand. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because it has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Say that again. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You see, the enemy has come in and he's told them, God's not going to help you. God's not going to fix it. God's not going to work it out. And you're going to be faced with all this here. And so people get into fear. Because they don't trust God. Worry is mental quicksand. We sink into it by trusting self more than we trust God. It's a mental quagmire. It weighs you down. Your mind takes it on and it begins to put pressure on you. It begins to pile weight on you. And the next thing you know, here you are and you're buried and you're just trying to keep one hand and one nostril above ground because it's overcoming you. Worry is like jumping into a mental rocking chair. It creates a lot of action, but no traction. It gets you nowhere. And you know what it'll do? It'll bring two things. It'll bring either anger or it'll bring fear. When you got a situation and you keep worrying about it and you keep jumping in that mental rocking chair and you're sitting there in that mental rocking chair and you just keep rehearsing it over backwards and forwards. What am I going to do? How am I going to change this? What am I going to do? It's like being in a mental rocking chair. 
and nothing changes. You go nowhere. Can somebody say amen? Point number three. There's four areas where people worry if you're taking notes. Number one area where people worry is they worry about their wealth or their finances. How am I going to pay this? How am I going to take care of this? What am I going to do? We, we see it in Haiti every year. Michael can tell you. We have people that chase us down for a bag of beans and rice. We had a lady who was bathing in a stream and we went through the village and we were giving out these bags of beans and rice and she heard all the commotion and she had a towel. She didn't even have her clothes on and she's running down the road chasing the dump truck. This 20-some-year-old lady with her hand out wanting some beans and rice because a lot of them don't know what they're going to eat tomorrow. You see, the number one thing that people worry about is their provision, their money, their needs being met. And then after their money, they worry about their health. Well, you know, I'm getting older now. Things don't work like they used to. And I got to lay up because... I can't work and do stuff like I used to. and i got to have some money put back. And so I can't give it. That preacher wants me to give that tithe because we didn't come to church last night. I can't do that. I don't spend that money. I needed it. You better think twice. And so they worry about their wealth and they worry about their health, their bodies, their minds. They also worry about their relationships. Perhaps their loved one grows cold toward them, drifts away, or their friends begin to pass off the scene. and They're like, I don't have this cloud of people used to be in my life. My relationship's not what it used to be. And they worry about their relationships. Their social status. This one really gets Hollywood. Hello? They're worried about how they look and appear to one another. But also, they worry about their careers, their goals in life. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not making progress. I'm not doing, I thought I'd be further along at this age. I'm, I'm 53, and I thought I'd have this, and, and I thought I'd accomplish that, and, and it's just not working the way God did. I thought it would work out. And God said, well, you ran for 30 years, so... It's going to take a little while to turn this ship around. And they get focused on their career. And their career didn't do everything that they wanted it to do. Maybe their ministry didn't mount to as big as what they had hoped and dreamed and envisioned it would be. Maybe their marriage wasn't as much as what they desired. But perhaps their, their children didn't, didn't love them since they moved out of the home like they had envisioned their children would. Now there's grandchildren on the scene. Oh, the grandbabies, I don't get to see them. I don't get to do with them. And so people worry about these four areas. They worry about their health, their wealth, their relationships, and they worry about their careers. These four areas make up the humanistic life, your life and my life. But I've got good news for you. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, 
that that old thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You know what I found out? When I really surrender to God and I do what God's Word instructs me to do, that really things actually start getting better. But if I hold back and I say, God, I'm, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to keep doing all this stuff. Things become more difficult. You see, the Bible covers these four areas in detail. There's many scriptures in the Bible about relationships, about your health, about your wealth, about your dreams and your vision. It even tells us where there's no vision, people perish. So God's got all the answers. Point number four, worry is defeated by faith. Faith in God and focus toward God. Isaiah 26.3 says it like this here. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because what? Because he trusts in thee. You see, that's how you overcome that worry. That's how you go from being a worrier to a worshiper, then a warrior, and then a winner. It's a progressive climb. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. In other words, he's saying don't worry about it. Don't keep fretting about it. Say, I have the victory. Stand to your feet. I'm not even done. But I'm going to stop. Because you're all going to be worried about where you're going to get out of here in time if I keep on. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 6.25 that we are commanded not to worry. He said, take no thought about it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to ask you to repeat this. After me. Say this with me. The Lord says, says, Call unto Him, him, and He will answer me, and and show me me great and mighty things, things, which I know not. not. That's hidden, by the way. Those great... Those great and mighty things are hidden. Psalms 91 says, Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. 
A thousand shall fall at my side. And ten thousand at my right hand. But it shall not come near me. There shall no evil befall me. Nor any plague come nigh to my dwelling. For he shall give. For he shall give. His angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. Who cares about the clouds if we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails to you till we meet again.